Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. We are excited that you are joining us as we enter into the season of Advent and make our way to the celebration of Jesus' birth. This Advent season, we are looking at Emmanuel and asking the question out loud that many of us are thinking, is God with us? You can join us here on our YouTube channel, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course our website, ccgf.org, as we explore this question, experience Advent, and look to God's Word for His promises. Here is this week's message. Grace and peace to you. Oh Lord, we do thank you for that divine night. The night when Christ was born. We've gathered together in this place to commemorate, to remember the first advent of the Messiah. And as we do, Lord, as a weary world, we rejoice. Rejoice that the light has come. Oh, Father, as we spend this time reflecting on these songs, looking into the scriptures, praying to you, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be prepared to truly experience the power of Christmas. Help us to this end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this week, of course, marked the winter solstice, which is, of course, the longest, darkest night of the year. So we're in the midst right now of the longest, darkest week of the year, in the midst of the longest, darkest year, at least on recent memory, isn't it? The LaDawn family knows a little bit about this. Marilyn and Rob and their daughters Megan and Sarah have been a part of Christ Church for several years. We have a picture of them on the screens for you to see. Wonderful family, incredibly loving, beloved by our church. Marilyn has been described as a person who is incredibly compassionate, loving, full of life, hospitable. She's a friend to everyone. Marilyn loves the Lord. person who loves the Lord, that's how she'd be described. And she loves the church. Marilyn has served as our volunteer receptionist. And she's also been a part of our women's ministry. And Rob says that that Marilyn found friendship in the midst of worshiping Christ. Megan said this about Marilyn. She said, Marilyn is like a bright, sparkly light. Isn't that perfect for Christmas? Well, that light was challenged back in May of this year when Marilyn was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And the disease progressed traumatically fast. And unfortunately, and sadly, Marilyn passed away in August. You know, Marilyn, like a lot of us, loved Christmas. Christmas was her favorite of any day, especially Christmas Eve. The cookies, she was a master baker. The food, the family gathered together. This service, she loved Christmas. And Rob and Megan and Sarah tell me that there's an unimaginable void in their family, in their hearts, this Christmas season. You know, I would, I would suggest that in 2020, there are a lot of people who are feeling their own unimaginable void. There's been darkness in the year 2020, all sorts of darkness. 
And maybe yours isn't death that you face in a loved one, but there's a void and there's darkness that we've had to face in this long, dark year. You know, we're calling this series that we've been in during Advent, God with us, question mark. And we believe that's a question that many in our culture today are asking, is God with us? Some people are incredibly skeptical about that. Perhaps you've come into this place wondering, struggling with your faith, challenged in your faith, and wanting to revisit the idea that God is with us in the midst of this dark year. So I'd like to tell you about the light. Robbie read to us from the Gospel of John. You actually read it together. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 5. Let's go there again. I want to read this aloud here. The Scriptures say, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. Let's talk about this for a moment. You know, darkness is the theme of that verse. At least it's one of the themes of the verse. And you might be thinking to yourself, man, darkness, a lot of talk about darkness here. This feels really heavy. Why so heavy? Well, you have to understand that the backdrop of the coming of Christ, the first advent of the Messiah, was dark. First of all, there was political darkness. Israel was under the oppressive rule of Rome. In fact, we read in Luke chapter 2, that there was a census that was taken. Now, this isn't like the census that some of you participated in via Facebook. This was a reminder to the Jews that they were under the thumb of Rome, that that they were owned by another. Not only that, they were on the cusp of having something awful happen at the time of the coming of Jesus because Herod was going to proclaim that every little boy, two and under, must be slain because of his jealousy of the coming king, the baby king. They were exiles in their own country. I mean, the Jews were facing incredible political darkness. Not only that, there was cultural darkness. This culture was incredibly fractured and divided. You had the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were seeking to lead people into legalism, being righteous by following rules, On the other hand, you had the Sadducees, and the Sadducees were opposed to the Pharisees. And then you had the Essens, and the Essens, well, they didn't like the Pharisees, and they didn't like the Sadducees, and they were seeking to have their own little convent so they could be pure. Mix it in with the Zealots, who were seeking to violently upend Roman rule, and you had a culture that was incredibly fractured. And then... To top it all off, there was spiritual darkness in Israel at this time. I mean, the Jewish historians talk about how God, this was their point of view, God had departed from Israel. It had been four centuries since they had heard from the prophet Malachi. And so it seemed to the Jewish people that God was silent. So there's political darkness, there's cultural darkness, there's, there's spiritual darkness among the people. You, we've all said this year, we're in unprecedented times. Let me tell you, there's a precedent. There's plenty of precedents for dark years. And when Jesus came into the world, it was dark. It was heavy. If you're feeling darkness politically, culturally, spiritually, you're not the first 
There's something that this passage has to say for us. And so when we consider that it says on, in John 1.5, the light shines in the darkness, we have to consider this. Who is the light? In the translation that I'm reading from tonight, the NASB, light is actually capitalized with an L. Did you notice that? Well, who is the light? Remember this. Whenever you have a question about the scriptures, you're trying to understand what it says, you must and we must read around the passage, the section that we're reading. We have to read before it, we have to read after it, so let's do that right now. Let's look around, read around John chapter 1, verse 5. Let's read John chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then let's skip down to John chapter 1, verse 14. You heard this on the Advent candle lighting video. And it says this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory, as of the only son from the father, full of grace and full of truth. We have the context here, which gives us the clues. It tells us who the light is with the capital L. The light is the son. The Son, the Word, became flesh. It's amazing. So we see here this great picture that, that Jesus is God. What the, the Word was God. Jesus is God, but yet the Word became flesh. The Word is a person. The Word is a man. This is an incredible truth. God is, uh, Jesus is fully God and fully human. This is why Christmas is such a big, big deal. This is why we gather to celebrate it. God came down from earth in the form of a human being, a man, Jesus. It's huge. It changes everything. Jesus is the Word. You might wonder, well, why the code language? Why do we call him the Word? What's up with that? Well, think about it this way. Um, Elvis Presley, Blue Christmas, right? Elvis Presley had a nickname. His nickname was the King. Now, was, was Elvis really a king? No. He didn't have a country that he ruled over, but he was at the top of his game. He was like the, the, the most famous entertainer of his day. He was premier. He was the king of rock and roll. A term given to him to illustrate who he was and his prominence in popular culture. Well, Jesus here is called the Word. Here's why it's called the Word. Because Jesus is the ultimate statement of God. It's like the mic drop moment of God who says, I love this world so much. I love these people I've created so much. So much so they'll send my son who will give his life, be resurrected so that you might truly live. It's the ultimate statement of God. Jesus is the Word. Boom. Do you see it? He's called the Word. And the Word, of course, is Jesus. He's the one who's the light. He says it plainly to us in John chapter 8, verse 12. Listen to this. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He tells us, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but we'll have the light of life. So we have the light that shines in the darkness. Now pay attention to this part of it because it says the light shines in the darkness. It doesn't say that the light shone in the darkness, past tense. It says the light shines in the darkness, meaning that it started to shine a long time ago and it continues to shine until present day. The light shines in the darkness. You know, the metaphor of light in the book of John, the Gospel of Light is full of this metaphor. The metaphor of light only makes sense against 
a backdrop of darkness. Doesn't make sense any other way. Helps us make sense of these dark times. Have you ever been the light up night? Light up night, you know, Pittsburgh's greatest glorified traffic jam. You go there and you sit in traffic, but it's beautiful to see the city lit up. It looks a little bit like what's behind me. And when we go there, we go, of course, at night when it's dark. Because if you went in the daylight, well, light up night wouldn't be very impressive. It's only impressive. It only makes sense at night. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 says. It puts it like this. This is the prophecy that we spend time looking at this, this Advent. This is the most famous prophecy, perhaps, of Jesus. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You see the contrast. Those who are walking in darkness, historically, in the times of Christ, even today, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This light is hope. It only makes sense in the context of darkness. Why the darkness? I'm no, I can't answer that question, but I know this. The light makes sense. The metaphor works in the context of darkness. You face in dark times? This metaphor is for you. This light. This is how C.S. Lewis says it. I really like this quote. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I can see everything else. You know, the Ladon family. You think they've experienced some darkness? They sure have. But you know what we see in them? We see this incredible strength in those daughters and in Rob. Why? Because the light shines in the darkness. There are people who are part of our church family who've experienced great loss, challenges, death this year. And what do we see? We see joy. We see generosity. We see hope. Why? Because the light shines in the darkness. I love what happened on the winter solstice. The Christmas star, which hadn't been seen in 800 years. The Christmas star, show, we have a picture of it. Of course, you couldn't see it if you were here in Pittsburgh because, surprise, surprise, it was overcast. But if you were in other parts of the world, you could see it. Isn't this amazing? Don't you love that, that God in the year 2020 gave us this gift of seeing this Christmas star? It's got to be a reminder of who Jesus is and what God has done in the world. He, in the midst of darkness, he brings light. And so the light shines in the darkness. But get this, the next part says this, that, that the darkness did not grasp it. You know, in some translations it says that, that the darkness has not overcome it. I particularly chose this one because I think there's something interesting about that word grasp. Take hold of it. Grab onto it. The, the truth of the matter is this, is that not everyone recognizes Jesus as Savior. Not everyone recognizes Jesus as Savior. Some people who are, who are listening and worshiping with us online, somewhere in this room, you may have questions about Jesus. You may struggle with this idea of the God-man. You're not the first person to do that. In fact, I would say this, historically speaking, there is no person who has been more rejected than Jesus Christ. Think about it. Well, the course of history, he's been rejected by scores and scores 
of people. Why? Well, there are many people who, who consider Jesus and they say, well, how can there be a God-man? There are others who say, well, come on, a baby born in a manger, it's too hard for them to wrap their heads around. And so they have questions about who Jesus is, maybe you have those questions. Listen to what the scriptures say. The scriptures, again, in John 1, we're in John a lot tonight, it says he was in the world. That's Jesus. And the world came into being through him. And yet, the world did not know him. He's rejected. He came to his own. And his own people did not accept him. A level of rejection. You know, I think another reason that people reject Jesus, the reason that we haven't grasped him, the truth of the matter is, we like the darkness. We, we, we like sin, even if it's secretly. We enjoy the darkness. We love to sin. We love the pleasure of sin. And so we haven't grasped the light. We haven't taken hold of it. You ever feel that way? You know, people then have questions. They look in the world. And they say, wow, the world's so dark. There's so much hunger. There's so much poverty. There's so much brokenness. There's so much pain. How can there be a light? Well, listen, Jesus came into the world. He entered the world. And Bethlehem is a baby as the light. And that light is living. It's growing. It's not like some light that's on a stand. It's growing and it's moving. It's changing this world. And Jesus will come again. There'll be a second advent. There'll be a second coming. And when he comes... The darkness will not prevail against the capital L light. With that in mind, where are you this Christmas? Here's a gut check. Are you rejecting Jesus? I mean, anyway, whether it's in a macro way that you all together say, no, I don't believe in Jesus. Or even in a micro way that you're squeezing out, you're pushing out the light, rejecting Jesus. It's a gut check for us at Christmas, and I think it's a necessary one. Here's the thing. We were coming and we're preparing to celebrate Christmas. I love it. Marilyn LaDawn loved it. Many of you love it. We love the parties, and, and we love the, the, the meal and the gifts and all those things. But to truly celebrate Christmas is to grasp, not just recognize, but grasp that the light has come into the world. You can't reject that. It's to grasp that the light has come into the world. Again, I go to the book of John here. Listen to John chapter 12. The words of Jesus. He says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I mean, do you like dark? People don't like the dark. Go, go into a cave sometime with no flashlight. That is a miserable experience. We don't like to be in our house without a light. It's good to have that cell phone by us. It's good to have a candle by us. But yet, spiritually, we tend to like the, the dark. Jesus says, look, you don't have to be in the dark. I'm the light of the world. Here's what else Jesus, it's, it's written about him in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, as many as received him, as many as received the word, the light, to them he gave the right to become children of of God to those who believe, who believe in his name. Gut check. 
Are you rejecting Jesus? You want to truly celebrate Jesus? It's all about grasping the light. I'll tell you this. The message of Christmas is received when Jesus Christ is not merely affirmed as the baby in the manger, but rather is affirmed as one's own Savior and Lord. That's when the message of Christmas is received. When we go beyond affirmation and we truly grasp him, take hold of Jesus and say, he is my Savior, he is my Lord. Marilyn LaDawn, you know, they say that Marilyn at the end could hardly speak. Imagine how painful that was for her family. But she had a request that she was able to communicate to Rob. And Marilyn said, I would love to have our own Pastor John Guest come to my house and talk to me about the Lord. And Marilyn knew the Lord. She was following Christ. She trusted in him, but she wanted to hear about him. She just wanted someone to read the scriptures and to pray with her. And so Pastor John and his wife, Kathy, they came to the house and they visited. The whole LaDawn crew was there. Rob, Meg, and Sarah, their, their kids, spouses. And they had communion. And they read the scriptures together and they prayed together. And Rob says that that was perhaps the most profound moment of Marilyn's life. Everything about her countenance just spoke to the fact that she had this incredible, deep sense of peace in that moment. Everything about it spoke to the fact that, that she was more content. She was elated even, they said. And not long after that, Marilyn passed. And Rob and, and, and Megan and Sarah attest to the fact that when Marilyn passed, she had a smile on her face. This woman who's going to miss Christmas Eve, going to miss her grandchildren, the embrace of her, her family, passed from this world, from this life, with a smile on her face. How can that be? I'll tell you what, I think it's because Marilyn had grasped the light. Marilyn had become a child of God. She was in the light. She knew the light of Jesus. And here's what else I believe she knew. Marilyn knew that the darkness, even death, could not overtake the light of Jesus. Hmm. Let me tell you. Jesus is not a light, but he is the light. Jesus is the light. Jesus is not a savior. No, no. Jesus is the Savior. He's our Savior. Marilyn knew that and it was powerful for her. I would suggest this. In light of the darkness of this year, this Christmas, the best thing that any of us could do is to get serious about Jesus. You know, you're facing darkness. Whether it's the darkness of the year, the challenges, the pain, the isolation. Maybe it's the darkness of your own sin. You know, sin has a way of leaving us broken and alone. Maybe it's your sin. Here's what you can do with that darkness that you may be facing right now. You could turn to the light, Jesus Christ, 
anyone who turns to Jesus, who steps into the light, can become a child of God through him. There's this opportunity to experience real hope, real joy, real peace, real life this Christmas season. I want to conclude by reading this familiar Christmas narrative. Matthew chapter 1, verses 20, I'll read through 23. Listen to this. This is, this is powerful. After Joseph had considered all these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is no ordinary baby. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins, from their darkness. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Listen, there's no question mark. God is with us. The light of the world has come. May you and I step into his great light and experience the true hope, joy, peace, and life that this season represents only through him. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we do come before you and we thank you for the light, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, the light has come in to the darkness. And Lord, as we consider this Jesus, and we consider the darkness of these times, perhaps the darkness of our own heart and our own life, we ask, Lord, that you would shine on us the bright light of Jesus. And you give us the strength to turn to him and find the true life, peace, joy, hope that we all so desperately want to have in this life. Now I want to give you an opportunity. Pray with me. In fact, you can adopt these words as your words. Oh Lord, I thank you for the light, Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that the light has entered into the world through him. Oh Lord, I don't want to live in darkness, darkness of sin anymore. I turn away from the darkness and turn towards your light. Oh Lord, fill me with your light and help me to live a life of walking in your great light. Lord, thank you for Jesus. I trust in him. Oh God, we thank you that the darkness has not overcome this great light. It's our hope as we celebrate Christmas. May this message of the light and the darkness give us great joy. We thank you and praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.